Hello listener, Matt here. Support Ben, read his ramblings, or find further notes on this show at securitized.com, spelled S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y-Z-E-D.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. I'm Raphael Fiedler. And I'm Joey Police, a.k.a. Peter Venkman. <laughs> well, you're going to fit right in now because we're going to have a lot of questions about today's topic. And I'm going to I'm going to already start by asking my first question to our resident expert, Matthew Snotty. Matthew, what is the most difficult part about implementing a TPM solution? Oh, um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's making sure you're using the correct cover sheets. Okay. <laughs> Is that an office space joke? That's, that's an, an office, office space, space joke. joke. Well and done. That's, and that's why Rafti's shaking his head. That's well another done. one we gotta we gotta <laughs> add that to the list of cultural tropes that Rafti can share in. Yes. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Robin earlier today and, and I told her that we had to record a podcast and she said, What's the topic? And I said TPMs, and she said, What's that stand for? And I said, I don't fucking know. And <laughs> I said, I know the last word is module. Um, and she says, well, what's it do? And I said, I kind of think I know, but I'm not even sure that I know. Luckily, Matt's going to know. And I want to thank Rafti for this week's idea, this topic concept. Rafti, how'd you come up with this? Yeah, because I wanted to upgrade to Windows 11 and I've been using Macs for the longest time. So uh, I know that my motherboard has a TPM slot and I know that my processor has like a virtual TPM thingamajig, but I had questions and I started looking into it and then I thought, oh, maybe I just ask you guys. Yeah, it's and easier Matt... than doing actual research yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it, it might be valuable to so many people out there as well who may be wanting to upgrade to Windows 11 as well. Or, uh, yeah, are just like curious about what, what do those Macs have with their secure enclave thingamajig and stuff. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. So, Joey, you wanted to add yeah, something. Just, oh, thanks. <laughs> Uh, for those individuals that are listening that may not have any idea what TPM is, I know Matt's going to give us a great dissertation on it, but why do they even care? Uh, for those that have Windows 10, where it says, sorry, your computer doesn't meet the requirements for Windows 11, you know, this is why you want to really listen to this podcast for those in that bucket. Okay. All right. I dig that. Um, here's my proposal. Matt, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start by explaining my notion of what a TPM is, and you're going to correct me every step of the way. So jump in as soon as I get something wrong. Right? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, a TPM, even though I, I uh, could not recall it when I was talking with Robin, is a trusted platform module. Do I have that right so far? Yes. All right. Thank you all for coming. We'll catch you again next week. For <laughs> oh, and it could right, be uh, the, the M can also be uh, management, trusted platform management. I've heard it both ways. It's one of those uh, backronyms, but yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> and, and the way I understand it, 
TPM itself is a standard for the thing we're talking about. It's not actually the thing, but okay, all right, whatever. Right, right. It's a standard like uh, TCP IP is a standard, yes. Correct, correct. All right, so a TPM, the way that it's applied, the way the standard is met, is there's a crypto processor inside your hardware, and sometimes more than one, depending on what kind of uh, device you're using. And this thing uh, has some crypto keys burnt into it from mm -hmm. the manufacturer. Yes. Correct, Correct. Yeah, so far? So far, so good, yep. And the only other parts of the device that can share those keys or verify or validate against those keys are the other fundamental components of the device, the BIOS, the motherboard, I think the hard drive. Mm -hmm. yeah, is that yeah. all true? And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and the OS can to some extent if the OS is aware of the, of the TPM, yeah. Sure, so anything in the kernel or, or touching the kernel mm -hmm. pretty much. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, so during the boot order, part of the new process, if you have the TPM capability, is they all verify that they are who they claim to be, that all the fundamental pieces of your device can assert that they are the true and proper components. Yep, that's that's a true statement, yep. Holy shit, I'm going further than I thought I would. Okay. <laughs> keep, keep going, keep going. <laughs> and, the and the benefit of this is, and you've actually, you've coached me through uh, this example or analogy before, is in the old days, if I break into your house and I steal your laptop and I take it home and I want to uh, rip the data off your drive, what I can do is I can pop the drive out of your laptop, I can swap it into my own device, I can boot to that thing inside my own OS, or I can attach it as a peripheral of something I'm already running, and then I can try to do whatever I want to that, that uh, hard drive. With a TPM-enabled system, the minute I take the drive out of that cute little ensconced environment where it's verifying itself, now the there's two things that are going to happen when I stick that into another machine and I try to boot it up. First, my device that's TPM enabled is going to say, wait a second, this hardware is not native to me. It doesn't have the right key. This is not a drive I can boot to. Second thing is the drive is going to say, you're not my motherboard. You're not my kernel. I can't talk to you, right? Right. Yes. And in, in, in essence, yeah. So what you're describing specifically is using whole disk encryption that is managed through the TPM, which is a feature that has been around for, for a, a while now. But um, oh, I'm, I'm not even talking about encrypting the content. I'm just talking mm -hmm. about the way it can boot to that drive, right? Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. From a booting standpoint, yes. You're, correct. You're correct. You can't boot it. Yeah. It just denies itself. It says, no, I don't mm -hmm. boot to you. You're not in my you're not in my. I don't want to call it registry, but you're not in my approved list, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh huh. And then similarly, if someone was to try to modify your hardware, like putting an evil chip on your motherboard to monitor all of your activity, because that chip is alien and does not have the appropriate key, your motherboard's not going to recognize it. It's not going to be able to talk to anything. You can't do nothing to it, right? Right, right, yes. That's all. That's all. Yeah. A examples of, of things you, that can be done with a TPM chip. Yep. Awesome. That's as far as I've gotten. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me everything else about TPM because that is my that is my baseline understanding of what a TPM does. Okay. Um, so yeah, from from a, a most basic standpoint, a TPM chip is just that. It's just a chip on a motherboard. 
or on a, on a circuit board or something like that. So much like you have a BIOS on your computer, um, that's a small computer that handles the boot sequence and stuff like that. TPM is another small computer that lives in a chip on your motherboard. And it does a lot of various functions all related to security, which is of course why we're here talking about it because this is the sensuous sounds of InfoSec. So uh, as devices have become, you know, uh, much more uh, connected, you know, through the internet and much more, you know, uh, uh, complicated and stuff like that, TPM was designed as a standard to be able to help uh, enhance the security of whatever device that it's attached to. And that, as most basic, that's what it is. It's a black box that handles a bunch of stuff related to security and encryption and stuff like that. Okay, and and this is installed and deployed and set up and configured by the vendor, right? It comes from in, the manufacturing plant built in. in. In general, yes. You can add a third-party TPM to a computer that doesn't have one. Uh, for for instance, you can add one as a, you know, uh, if your motherboard uh, was in that interim period, it may already have a slot where you could buy one and insert it. You could add one through a PCI card or something like that. But yeah, most of That's the That's what Joey was talking about. Joey was saying his machine has a slot for one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's nodding, but. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I didn't know Ben was. was that doesn't come through on the microphone. <laughs> I didn't know if you were commenting or asking. Uh, Matt, let me ask you this for, for anyone uh, that's thinking. Uh, this question is TPM only hardware or is it software? Or could is there a version of like we have physical Can you virtualize firewalls. a TPM? We have physical firewalls. We also have application firewalls. Yeah, uh, TPM can be emulated through through software. Yes, um, at this stage, I'm not aware of any really good implementations. I know VMware does an implementation, uh, but the the best, most reliable, most common version is is the hardware version. But yeah, the, uh, people are working to uh, to get software versions. And part of the reason you want the, the hardware version versus the software version is, again, that physical security, because if it's in software, there's a chance it can be hacked, it can be copied, it's, you know, things can be done to it. Whereas if it's a physical device, then uh, it's it's got a completely different layer of security built into it. But yeah, to your point, um, yeah, you can you can create a virtual Windows 11 using a virtual TPM, uh, depending upon your um, uh, 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 virtual machine software vendor, which VMware is one that does support it. I think uh, VirtualBox supports it as well at this point. And there's a couple of other ones out there as well. Okay, so here's, here's I have a series of questions and they all stem from me being a twitchy, paranoid security person. Because while magic bullets to fix security problems seem really neat, if we can only find that technical solution to something, I hate relying on them. And I especially hate relying on them when they come from the vendor and lock down my box. And there are several reasons for this. All I can see is problems that might manifest from this. For instance, what <laughs> if I want to upgrade my hard drive in a machine that I bought from the vendor and it's locked down by a TPM? Can I install a new hard drive that can be recognized if it doesn't have the proper key? Yes. Yes, all, all, all the things that you would normally want to do to a computer, you can still do with TPM enabled. You just may have to do them slightly differently, follow a slightly different procedure, tell the BIOS some, some things, you know, like, um, oh, yeah, this device is, is trusted or, or, yes, I installed this and no one else did and stuff like that. But, yes, you can still do upgrades. You can still change components around. You can still do a whole lot of stuff with TPM um, just as if you didn't have it back, you know, several years ago. Yeah. And how do I verify myself to the TPM, to the device with the TPM enabled, if I want to do some administrative stuff like that? And if so, aren't I just circumventing the TPM altogether by modifying the hardware? 
Well, what you're describing specifically is a feature called Secure Boot, and that is managed through the BIOS, which would normally be the way that you would do something like that anyway. So um, if you're familiar with how you go into, you hit the delete key or the F2 key when your computer boots up, goes into the BIOS screen. Um, and, and then, yeah, you can configure, you know, adding hardware and stuff like that. So the BIOS and the TPM, when Secure Boot is enabled, do talk to each other and they're aware of each other and they, they can be configured to uh, allow all that stuff. So, okay. for, to, so to, as long as I have admin access to the BIOS, then I can teach right. the TPM to accept other things. Okay. Right, right. And so, yeah, if you uh, think about, you know, uh, a lot of people have seen this, but have probably never done it. Uh, BIOSes can be secured just as as much as uh, any computer can. You can put a password on your BIOS and stuff like that. So thank you. Uh, you beat me right to it. I was going to say <laughs> TSSOI strongly endorses password protecting your your BIOS because an easy way to circumvent <laughs> disk security is to boot to a different OS or to change the boot order. Right. Yep. 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 And yep. and not just booting to a, a disk like a hard drive or something like that. Uh, uh, you know the secure you can boot, boot to a USB. Right, exactly. A flash disk, uh, CD-ROM, for instance. Uh, yeah, any of other number of ways you can boot a computer up into an alternate OS, which okay. you know, goes back to our Linux discussion we had from <laughs> not too long ago. All right. So my next question then is: Doesn't this thing become a single point of failure? If that little fucker fails, <laughs> am I locked out of the machine forever? I mean, am I totally blacked out? Uh, Better have good backups, I think. Yeah. I'd say. <laughs> Unencrypted backups to a uh, third. <laughs> no, yeah, this of course is not a good idea, but maybe encrypted via different method, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like like anything else, like your BIOS or anything, you know, it, yeah, it is a single point of failure because uh, it does contain stuff that's that's proprietary and is unique to your computer. So yeah, if that thing gets uh, damaged or burnt up or gets pulled out, if it's a third party that was installed, yeah, uh, TPM can be a liability because yeah uh, stuff like that can happen in general you know if you think about the chips on your motherboard how how often do they actually burn out how often does a bios actually burn out uh, not very very often really so i mean from, from that standpoint it's it's highly unlikely unless someone was physically trying to take a screwdriver and pry the chip off itself or something like that i um, i understand that but adding one more component that's a single point of failure just increases the risk even if the risk yeah. is microscopic if we start stacking now we're adding more risk right yeah yeah yeah, yeah but course. i mean i i have to like go with matt here i have never heard of a failed like um, in production while it's in a machine, in a box, uh, a main board or a CPU or something. I have heard about failed GPUs. I've heard about failed hard drives, like a lot of hard drives. Um, like you, you've never many, heard of a like, failed motherboard? No, no. Typically when people <laughs> are Rafi, calling you're me. You're so young. You're so young and innocent. <laughs> you're so naive. <laughs> oh. Oh. No, but honestly, like, and uh, but that tells you something as well. Like from my, in my age group, a lot of people build their own PCs. A lot of people have stuff like that. I heard about bent pins and stuff, but that's user error. As long, like, as soon as it's like built into a box and everything works, typically one of the things that fail is either the GPU or the um, or hard drive. It's I almost think, never I the processor the, or the manufacturers the are only exporting the best devices to Austria. That's the only explanation <laughs> I have here. Oh, Intel is like you think Intel is shipping all the good sure, stuff to sure. Europe. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It, it's there's it's undeniable. I can't tell you how many devices I've I've fried motherboards on. Matt, Joey, <laughs> back me up here. 
<laughs> yeah, I uh, fried a motherboard just recently, a couple of years ago, <laughs> because uh, uh, I, I had a USB cable that dropped into a, uh, a surge protector and, and sparks flew and, and the magic smoke got out. So, yes, I've, I've fried motherboards. Yes. <laughs> but that's that's user error. Wouldn't you agree? Like it was yeah, you yeah. interacting but, with the thing. Yes. Yeah, human own. beings are going to use computers, Rob. That will happen. <laughs> Course, but then you know, like... and there's somewhere there's somewhere on the spectrum between taking it into the bathtub with you and you know pristine lab use you know there's 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 a spectrum there they will fail all right all right so but now, does the tpm actually increased with that that's what i'm asking like is, it just adds you... one more potential single point of failure that's all i'm saying yeah okay Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a valid downside, but um, yeah, the reliability I think speaks for itself at this point, especially because it's it's mature technology. It's been around. Okay. And then my next question is: If it comes from the manufacturer, I have to have some supply chain trust. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we've had both the mythos and the rumor and the innuendo and some amount of proven uh, circumstances where devices have been subverted either for the best of intent or otherwise uh either by malicious attackers or intelligence services over decades why should i trust the manufacturer to have a crypto key or crypto processor crypto processor that is not backdoored where now anyone who's not me might be able to access this thing if they're part of this trusted group of entities why should i why should i do that and can i change the crypto keys issued by the crypto processor if i wanted to as far as i know there's no way to change the crypto keys to answer the second part of your question um the first part of the question though um the the, the tpm is not a piece of firmware that can be read to and read, read from and written to and stuff like you that. you can't like reflash it like eprom right right okay so it's it's literally a black box that's got hard coded stuff and some 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 functions that it can do. The only way you can access a TPM is by basically asking it questions and seeing what output it gives it. So there's no real way to um, uh, ch you know change those keys or, or or even really access those master keys that are stored in there. Now, is that a security concern? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, at, at what point do you just have to trust something? <laughs> it was kind of the, the it's Joey's agreeing yeah, with that. As, as, I, as I throw my hands up, exactly. <laughs> at, at some point, there has to be a level of trust that that we give. Now, Ben, I know you're scring, you're cringing at this, and it's like <laughs> the, the, the uh, big brother listening, the, the passive devices that are listening and so on. But I agree with Matt on this. At some point, you know, you either you either have to dive in and and use the technology as it's intended and know that your information is going to be used against you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and we just accept it. <laughs> OK, all right. All right. Maybe I get that now um, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, I can't modify that. It, it is something that's native. Is there going to be any niche in the market for devices that won't have TPM? It seems like the entire industry mm -hmm. is is rushing to the ubiquity of TPMs, and there mm -hmm. won't be that option fairly soon. Yeah, yeah. Any type of uh, uh, dumb computing, yeah, you're not going to need a TPM because you don't need that extra security. So most of this stuff is is going into um, user level devices. So. If you think phones, tablets, laptops, desktops, that's 
where it's largely widely used. Um, it's not even really widely used in servers yet. I mean, I'm sure that it may come eventually. Joey, I don't know if you've seen any servers that we've, I haven't seen any that we've had to do any TPM stuff on. Um, it, it, it's, it's almost always user-facing devices. Um, oh, and uh, by dumb computing, I just mean uh, stuff that, uh, you know, like uh, uh, appliances. Um, uh, IoT devices. IoT, like, sure, yeah. yeah. Like doorbell yeah. cams or something like There's that. Probably not a lot of need for TPM on those because they're they're single-purpose devices, right. um, not general computing devices like a laptop or a phone. Now, my question would be, why wouldn't servers be the first ones to be more secured as opposed to a residential laptop? Wouldn't that, isn't there more risk involved with more data and more users on a server? Well, if you think about it, the main reason TPM is coming about is not because of network security or, or remote security, remote access. It's because of physical security. Servers in general are, are, are already very physically secured. They're already in, in server rooms. They've got uh, locks and things like that. So we limit physical access to this. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So they're already physically Whereas secured. Whereas a laptop is more portable, a phone is more portable. Right, right. Okay. And to get to the point of why TPM is much more important, it's simply because, you know, a laptop or a phone is much more likely to be lost or stolen um, or accessed uh, physically than something that lives in an office or in a secure uh, uh, data center or something like that. All right. Okay. All right. You're alleviating a lot of my concerns. Uh, <laughs> Rafty, go at him. Go at him. Get him. I, Get I him. have a couple of more questions. That's Please. true. But yeah. in regards yeah. to, to it becoming more available and to one of your concerns, TPMs are not part of, uh, I think, all modern CPUs. Um, like, I think AMD CPUs from four years ago already had them in, included. Not sure about what implementation they, this is, but it's um, like I was able to enable it in the BIOS. Um, and the other thing is, I think, I don't know if Intel has it, but I think Intel has it as well. And of course, Apple now has it with the M2 integrated into the CPU as well. So it's it's one yep. of those functions that get integrated into the CPU. And so it's not an additional thing that you need to worry about. It's part of the packet that you put into your CPU socket. So one less thing to fail. <laughs> hmm? Yeah. Well, Those weren't questions, you, though. Yeah. Is it? Is it? No, I, you can, of course, say that I'm not true here. I'm just like, I, I wanted to sort of like reassure Ben that, like, for all those consumers. No, I wanted you to challenge Matt and ask no, no. more. No, no. <laughs> okay, well, then, I have Damn a couple it. of questions. I'm the, I'm the only paranoid person. Okay. That's no, fine. you're not. But uh, in that regard, I'm like, um, I'm just curious about um, two things now. Um, I'm imagining usually when I'm talking about a TPM and not on the CPU, I'm imagining those like chips you insert onto like your into the header on a motherboard. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. Which pins. is very alien to me in general. Like since <laughs> I'm building computers, this has not been a thing typically. So as far as I, or at least what I thought, uh, from, from a TPM and you're all talking about like it having it 
having keys already on there and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as I know, I like I can interact with it as well and save stuff to the TPM. Like I know that there are keys on there, but isn't there a saving component on there as well? In, in certain not exactly. And and I'm not an expert in all of the crypto stuff that happens on the chip itself. But no, there's not a saving feature as I understand it. So the TPM is there to do mathematical functions with the the master key. So if you request a new key. It takes that master key, forges a new key for you to use, hands that back out to you, and that's the key that you use. So you actually never see or interact with the master key that it has hard-coded into it, and it doesn't save any of the keys that it creates necessarily. It's just there to, to you know, basically verify that the that a key that it gave out through the public-private, you know, uh, 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 asymmetric encryption that, okay. okay, I did create this uh, 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 key, and yes, it's, it's verified as mine. Okay, uh, I'm just like curious in that regard because like I have some familiar familiarities with YubiKeys, which can mm -hmm. have stuff written onto them as well, like pin yeah, codes. Yeah. And as far as I know, like, it, and I'm mixing, of course, stuff here. But I thought that what the secure enclave with the with the Max um, was like talked about as a trusted platform module as well. At least I learned about it in that regard. And I, as far as I know, passwords are written to the trusted platform model, like I on Max. I think you're, I think, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here. I think you're conflating TPMs and HSMs. Okay. I think, I think, Matt, does that sound right? Define HSM. I'm not sure what you're Hardware talking security about. security modules. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I, I just, I, I, this is what I was told. Like, I'm like, oh, when, when the first Max back with Intel, where they had, like touch ID for the first time on the Macs, I was told like, this is the secure enclave, the product name from Apple. This is actually yeah. a TPM. So uh, of yeah. course, if it's an HSM, so, uh, it's just like wrong information and maybe uh, some other people out there now know as well. So well, thanks for clearing this out. So TPM. I, I think I think we need to do more verification on that because my knowledge about HSMs is about less than my knowledge of TPMs. <laughs> but but I, think, I think what Matt is saying and, and and what you were asking are very, very similar. The TPM has the master key that can generate more public keys that you can use. And I think, I don't think those are stored in the TPM, but they can be constantly re-verified against the TPM because the TPM keeps the private key. Right. Yeah. Is, is that right? Right. Yeah. 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 And and to your point, Rafti, you're, you're, you're talking about Apple's implementation of TPM, which is yeah. not the same TPM that, Intel or AMD use <laughs> because okay. Apple's implementation of TPM is not even called TPM, even though it's based on a lot of the same technologies. And for all intents and purposes, it is TPM. And we're talking about the, the T2, I think. And, and do they have an M2 as well? Um, which I've got uh, experience with from a forensic standpoint because all it does is get in my way and make me frustrated. But yeah, Apple's implementation of TPM, because they control every aspect of the hardware, unlike you know the traditional stereotypical PC where you can have parts and pieces from all kinds of different vendors, because Apple has such uh, uh, direct and uh, solid control of all the components that are in there, their implementation of security is based on TPM, but is not actually true TPM. And so, yeah, I think right. that they, they they integrate some of those features where it stores keys and all that kind of stuff. But a true TPM does not define any way to store, uh, again, I'm not an expert, doesn't define any way to, to store keys uh, necessarily on the chip itself. Okay, so no, no. what I... 
thought oh, was if I have the modular TPM and if it stores just an idea that I could take it out of my machine, put it into another machine, and then like sort of have this as my password to go with Thingamajig, like a YubiKey. This is basically where my where my thinking that's more came an from. hsm that's my understanding okay. of an hsm now tpm stays native to a specific piece of hardware uh but joey okay. joey you had a question yeah so one of the things that i've begun to see with the younger demographic that 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 runs in my son's circles and and for himself they build gaming pcs now and this is big boy hardware that these young teenagers and and you know I, I, that that's the only group I can speak to, are are building and they are customizing everything from their motherboards, memory, heat sinks, the whole thing. And when I tell you that they're pouring into this hardware, they are they are spending a lot of time researching what is compatible and what is not because they're working to get this money. They spend an exorbitant amount of money in order to buy these uh, pieces of hardware, build the gaming systems, and enjoy their games. So my question is this: for those that are wondering. Does TPM affect my modularity with these different components? If I move from this motherboard that supports only AMD Ryzen um, and all of these parts, could I upgrade then to an Intel 9 processor with this motherboard? Can you speak to that, Matt? Does, does, is any of this affected for, for those that are custom building these machines and investing this money um, going forward? Awesome question and props to raising a good nerd. Awesome, Joey. Well done. <laughs> but may I just have a question? So you would want to keep the graphics card and the hard drive and, and maybe the cooler. Yeah. But like you're saying, like you're switching mainboard and CPU. Well, no, no, that's just an example. I, I, I want to yeah. know what does TPM touch in that in that holistic scenario that that these individuals say, oh, okay, now that I know that. I'm going to invest my money this way versus this way. Okay, so if you're describing a scenario where you're upgrading a computer, like like Rafi said, you're basically changing out the motherboard. So the, the the TPM on the old motherboard stays on the old motherboard. The new motherboard has a new TPM. You're swapping the hard drive. Let's say that's the scenario. So if the hard drive from the old computer was, for example, bit lockered, whole disk encrypted, and that was tied to the to the original motherboard's TPM. Um, yeah, that hard drive would not work in the new computer, period. Um, but you can remove all of that encryption, re remove all of that uh, uh, tying it to that old hard drive, uh, basically unbit lockering it. Then that hard drive just becomes a regular old hard drive and you can stick it in any computer and it can be read. So you take the hard drive out, stick it in the new computer, new computer reads it fine, re-encrypt it with bit locker, retie it to the new TPM and you're good to go. But but I think Joey's question is is touching on what I asked originally is, Will this limit customization to a certain point? And is this sort of like customer capture, like we were seeing with John Deere tractors and <laughs> exactly and, and, and automobiles? You know, is the manufacturer now limiting what I can do to my own property? Yeah, you're talking about vendor lock-in. Um, yeah, to some degree. Yeah, I think that's a valid concern. Um, what, what you got, Rafi? <laughs> they hold your data hostage, basically. Yeah. But you, yeah. the, the hard drive is still good. They're not like locking the hard drive itself. They're just locking the data on the hard drive. It, it and they cannot been... lock down the, the GPU itself. It's just like it would require an extra step to, to get the new GPU running, as far as I understood earlier. So putting on my, my Venkman hat here, 
What is the purpose of TPM? Security. Plain and simple. Security. <laughs> Securing what? Data. <laughs> no, uh, but I think then what Joey... is the point of what is the point of BitLocker? What is the point of 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 using encryption in transit in depth. rest? Defense and <laughs> depth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um yeah, to 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 go to veer off to to address that, Joey. <laughs> I, I I can give you a scenario, right? So I do forensics. Um, extensively in my, in my professional life. And a big part of my forensics is, okay, someone asked me to go to a computer. Um, I pull the hard drive out, stick the hard, the, the hard drive of the target into a um, uh, device. I read all the data off of that. It, go, it, it gets ingested into my forensic software. With TPM, I can't do that anymore. So if, if, if someone ex exploits all of the features of TPM and the software and the, and the, the, the technology, if that hard drive is encrypted with BitLocker or any other encryption scheme that, that supports TPM, as soon as I take that hard drive out, it's unreadable to me, even as a forensic uh, uh, examiner. Um, if I try to boot that target computer up with a different OS, uh, say I have a Linux CD so I can acquire the data off of it that way, I can't do that either. That, that device is now completely physically secured for, for, uh, for me being able to access anything on it. I, I, I read you, I read you loud and clear, and and I and I understand, and I and I, I'm I'm being the devil's advocate, right, in these <laughs> podcasts, and I and I try to take a, a stance of what you know the 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 person who might be like, why do we even have this? Yeah, um, and it, it makes complete sense. Ben, your comment to defense in depth is is is, I, I agree. Um, what were you going to say, Ben? And I think I interrupted you. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say, so what I understand the TPM to be is it's a way to capture and lock in a setting. And the setting is is everything touching the kernel. It's the hardware. It's that piece of the OS that you boot from. It's the BIOS firmware. But you can unlock it temporarily if you have that mm -hmm. administrative control, change the setting, turn mm -hmm. the key back, and relock the new setting in. Is that the way yes. I'm understanding it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, it it kind of is a way to set a default um, fail secure way. So because, again, what we're kind of getting back to is the main reason this is occurring is because, well, I mean, think about your phone. Your phone has a, has a, a version of a TPM, whether you're Android or Apple, it's got a version of TPM. Um, if you think about back in the days when smartphones first came out, one of the big things was jailbreaking it. So you could sideload other apps and stuff like that. On it. Jailbreaking is defeating TPM. That's ex exactly what it is. And that's why it's gotten so much less popular because TPM has gotten so much better. Uh, so as we sit here today, it's, it's much harder to jailbreak, especially an iPhone, um, and get into the low level stuff on it because it's just, that's how good the security of it is. And the reason of, that we want all this is because um, uh, devices are getting smaller. They're getting much more ubiquitous, and people uh, they're, they're, they're targets for th for theft. Uh, not only just, just common petty theft, but also corporate sabotage and and and, and directed theft, um, but also just simple loss. I mean, how many times have you been in a in a hotel room at a restaurant um, uh, on an airplane, and you start patting, you know, doing the macarena, trying to figure out where you put your phone, because you're <laughs> you don't want to have lost it. But the upside of it is, if you did lose it. No one could do anything with it anyway, so it's not really that big of a loss from a security standpoint. It's just the loss of the of the replacement value. Damn it, you had me, Matt. Right up to this point, you had you had me convinced that this was a good thing. 
now you're telling me that the manufacturer is limiting my ability to jailbreak my own equipment and sideload my own sideload my own software. Therefore, I'm being constrained to the Google Play Store or you know the the yep. Apple Store. Now yep. I have yep. to only use their curated apps and capabilities, and I'm restricted yep. on what I can do with my own hardware. Damn it! Yes, you almost yes. had me, yes. man. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, does TPM offer uh, a GUI, or is it all command line? Um, as far as, as far as I know, there's no there's no GUI, and be, be, because a user can't interact with the TPM directly anyway, right. it's all you, you, through programmatic access. Right, and you had said that 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 it might be able to you might be able to, it might be able to listen, and you said um, uh, not not change anything, but talk back, right? Yeah, and yeah. that was a comment that I wanted to. If anyone is wondering, what is what does the talk back look like? It's strings of zeros and ones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Or if you have the right, te you know, text editor, it's you can read the hex values of it. No, it's, yeah, it, it, it's it's like if you look at uh, um, the text in any uh, certificate request or it's an X four hundred nine format, right? I mean, yeah, you yeah. see the the key, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's it's just meaningless gibberish to the average person. Um, but it's it, it contains all the data in the world to someone who is actually looking for that data uh, coming from the TPM chip. So yeah, that's all it is. Um, Rafi, you I, had another question. Exactly. I wanted to say, like, uh, elaborate on on one use case, which uh, is the reason why I'm looking into it as well. Uh, Matt has been talking about forensics and talking about losing a whole device. Uh, but I'm also, we talked about hardware failure. If you have a hard drive that fails, typically I as a layman cannot access it anymore to um, sort of like make sure nobody else can read it. But of course, like experts can open up the hard drive and read from a hard drive. If it's not encrypted, this hard drive is with plain, like everything that's on there, out there, I can't uh, fix this anymore, but of course it's like, as I said, it's out there. So for me, encryption and encrypting the hard drive just as a fail safe in that regard as well. And mm -hmm. um, good data backup, yes, is sort of like the, the, the second, like the backside of the coin where you're like, if you have your main data encrypted, you should have a backup of your data, um, which of course should be encrypted as well, but by a different method, of course should probably be somewhere offsite as well. But like this is, the, so those are, this is why I'm uh, interested in it as well and why all my laptops and everything is encrypted. Just because like if the hard drive fails, I just want to be able to throw it away without a second thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a form of crypto shredding. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And of course, I, this is fast. I, I, earlier when you were saying like decrypting it um, and having it in plain, I wanted to ask as well, like this sounds like a lengthy process. Can it even be done on the same disk or do you like, does it take more space? Do, do you have to copy out of the encryption or can it just like, um, to, to, do, change to implement whole disk in, encryption? No, to, to re like to disable whole disk encryption. It's mm -hmm. like Joey was say, uh, talking about his kids and if like, if they want to maybe upgrade their device with a new TPM and you said they would have to, of course, decrypt the whole thing before putting it in. Um, yeah. Like, is this doable on the same hard drive? And like, yes. how much time does this take? 
like yeah 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 so the the, the answer to you, the first part of your question is yes it all takes place in the same hard drive and in fact it'll show, if, if you do it in windows it'll show you a percentage that has been decrypted really uh, until 100 okay. yeah 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 um and then the um uh what was the second part of the question a time perspective yeah yeah oh how long is like take? a lengthy um, process uh like copying the the disc. Disc. yeah, yeah it, so it, is it, it the same as copying yeah, yeah, essentially. So if you even if you have say a four terabyte disk, but you only have thirty megs or thirty gigs of data on it, yeah, it's going to be super duper fast because it's just going to do the data. It's not going to encrypt all the white space necessarily. Although it does have an option to do to turn all that on. And we're getting into kind of the details of BitLocker, but yeah, it's it's all very quick. Um, every time I've implemented BitLocker, it's been on SSD, you know, two hundred fifty six gigs, um, and it's usually done in less than an hour. Yeah, so it's it's quick. Uh, I'm surprised. Good question, Rafi. Now, if it's a if it's an older spindle drive, an old SATA drive, you know the big three and a half inch drive, and say you've got an eight terabyte spindle drive, yeah, you might be sitting there for a couple of days while it encrypts all of it. But it but it all happens offline, also. You know, it, even if it restarts, it'll pick right back up where it where it left off. Mm -hmm. Joey, you had some. Yeah, um, Matt, is TPM only for Windows, or does it is it offered for any hardware which supports Macs or Linux devices as well? Um, it is available for Windows and Linux. I think Linux, uh, any version of any flavor of Linux that supports the same motherboards that Windows does, uh, Linux supports it as well. Mac has its own implementation of it. So uh, uh, Mac uh, TPM is not cross-pollinated at all with the version that uh, is using okay. on Intel or AMD boards. But theirs is very robust. It's still really, really good. As is evidenced by the fact that I can't do forensics on a Mac unless I bring my own <laughs> Mac. I, I, li I literally have to bring a second Mac with me, access it through the uh, FireWire port, or not the FireWire, what are they called now, the Lightning port, and uh, to be able to get to it. Because if I try to remove a disk out of a Mac, uh, it's completely unusable. And, and the thing with Macs is all of those TPM features are on by default. The thing with Windows is... Almost all those those TPM features are off by default. You have to know what you're doing and turn them on. So yeah, Macs are way more secure out of the box. Uh, same with iPhones. All that stuff is turned on by default and makes my life hell. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but that, you know, that's part of the job. <laughs> but, uh, but I always breathe a sigh of relief and I go, oh, it's an old Windows 7 computer with a spindle hard drive. Oh, this will, this will be quick and easy. <laughs> Well, I got to say, that's a lot more than I ever wanted to know about TPM. Um, uh, I think we should wrap it up here before my own brain explodes, much less our listeners. Um, also, I, I do want to just throw another Office Space reference out to Rafti here. Don't just throw away your dead hard drives. Take them, <laughs> out, to, take them out to the woods and smash them, okay? Or shoot Beat them. them with baseball bats. Okay. Get the get get the platters too. Don't don't yes. just don't just bend the casing. Get the get Ex the platters. Unscrew the casing. Take the platters out. Then smash the platters. All right. Very <laughs> good. Very and not just a little arm. The arm doesn't matter. There. Yeah. There you go. If you want, we'll bring it to Louisiana. We'll shoot it for you. Okay. <laughs> um, but maybe uh, as a recap, it would be nice to have maybe some good practice for for people who are interested in this now. Like Matt, you were already saying, like it's mm -hmm. disabled on Windows. What are good practices? How how does um, how do we protect ourselves from from you? We're not or giving like you free consulting. No, no. Okay, That's so you're saying we should. About. No. Okay, well then. Go look it up. Go go listen to somebody who's not just infotainment. 
<laughs> oh, I see. Okay, I did. I did not want to look at to look at Rofty trying to make us have value. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Rofty's just trying to get free consulting for himself. That works. Oh, my TPM stuff just is enabled. Email Matt I just... offline. All right. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, actually, that's that's pretty good. Matt, is there any onesie twosie kind of recommendations? Oh, yeah. Uh, biggest thing is uh, if you have a Windows computer, turn on BitLocker. Um, and it has an option when you turn it on. And it, it, Microsoft doesn't make it super duper easy. It's not intuitive. I wish it were a little bit more intuitive, especially with Windows uh, 10. Windows 11 is a little bit easier. Um, but if it has the option to use the TPM chip in addition to like a password, do that because that's a, a form of multi-factor authentication, essentially. Um, that'll keep your hard drive from um, uh, being accessed uh, if it gets taken out of your, your computer. Um, any of the BIOS options that you have to turn on, such as a secure boot, if you have the admin password, turn all those things on. And then just, you know, uh, you know, once you, you know, if you want to be super uh, twitchy, uh, go buy a bottle of epoxy and fill in all of your USB ports so that nobody can plug anything into any of them. <laughs> Keep the power port open so you can charge the battery in it. But uh, uh, yeah, no, it's just basic stuff like that. And I'm sure that there's guides out there. But yeah, BitLocker is one of the biggest ones, especially if you ever think uh, or, or worry that anyone might might have physical access to your device and might pull the hard drive out and try to get the data off of it. Yeah, BitLocker is quick, it's easy, um, and it's effective. Uh, if I see a BitLocker hard drive, I can't do anything with it as a forensics pro. So yeah, just do stuff like that. And BitLocker comes native with Windows 10 and 11 now? Yeah, and Joey, do, you, you may know better than me. I know that the home version didn't used to have it. Uh, I don't know if BitLocker is included with the home version now. No, it is not because I'm okay. looking at mine. I've got a I've got a Windows 11 that I'm running, and it is a home, and it does not come with it. Okay. So it's it's the Pro version. So yeah, so get the Pro version of Windows. That's one of the features among lots of other ones. But yeah, it includes the BitLogger. But if you don't have the money to upgrade, the $99 upgrade to Pro, uh, there there's other ones called like VeraCrypt. Um, there used to be a different uh, disk encrypting program that uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's 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 all uh, running together. But anyways, yeah, there there are various ways to encrypt your hard drives. Can you buy BitLocker a la carte, even if you don't buy the pro version of the OS? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that uh, because because it's so integrated into Windows, you can only get it if you have one of the uh, upper echelons of uh, the versions of Windows. All right. All right. Um, also, a, a, a good idea from Joey. Uh, it's worth teasing one of our upcoming episodes. We haven't done a media review episode for a while we may have a special classic treat for you coming up very soon <laughs> joey's so excited over this he finally gets an 80s movie to talk about <laughs> Shh, don't tell them anymore come okay. back for the well, next episode by special i mean painful all right so <laughs> that's it for this week i'm ben maliso and i'm matt snotty i'm Peter. and i'm joey police Catch you again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hello, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, or other InfoSec certifications? Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com, spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. 
engage with us on Discord. Do a search for Wannabea CISSP. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to Ben at ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear your feedback on a future show. We are all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies or employers.